7. Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear from you. Our text number is 083 311 Lots to cover on tonight's show. We'd love to know your thoughts on events in the stadium yesterday or any match you were at over the course of the weekend. Our text number is 083-311-3311. You can get us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport and the WhatsApp messages and text number again is 83 Three double one, double three, double one. No prizes for guessing where we're starting this evening because obviously interest in Tipperary was very much in the stadium yesterday. But unfortunately, from a Tipperary point of view, Kiladangan, Tipperary's representatives in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship, went down at the semi-final stage. Twenty-three points to Clonlara of Clare, one nineteen to Kiladangan. Lots and lots of talking points. Clonlara go on to face Ballygunner of Waterford in the final. Ballygunner having too much for Napiersig of Limerick. That one finished Ballygunner sixteen points. Napiersig one nine. But let's reflect on events in the stadium yesterday and hear from the manager of Kiladangan. John O'Mara, who spoke to the assembled media after his side's one-point defeat uh, in the semi-final yesterday. Look, we're we're um, obviously we're very disappointed, right? But I have to say, like I thought, the the character and the battling qualities that we showed to um, you know to get ourselves into a winning position, which we were in, we just didn't close it out. Like to do that with 13 men, I thought was a phenomenal effort um, from a super bunch of players. You know that you know obviously we're very proud of them, but. Um, like it was just a killer, you know. The game became challenging. I suppose we won sending off, and it became, you know, worse with the second one. And it was just um, an awful pity that we didn't, um, you know, we didn't manage to close it out. But heads off to Clonlara, um, you know, it's the team ahead at the end that wins. And um, you know, very unlucky to concede the last score, but fair play for them for getting it. Yeah, just your thoughts on the, on the red cards. Uh, to be honest with you, look, to be honest with you, I don't think the ref, I, you know, I, I, I think definitely I know the, the first one was was um, was, uh, was a view of the linesman had a decide. That's a definite. Um, I didn't see the, 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 the actual well, incident. It was second as well. Maybe it was, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, look, neither of the two boys that got put off, like, there's, there wasn't a dirty stroke in the match, like, in general, right? Neither of the two boys that got put off, you know, are, are dirty players. And it was just terrible for them. Like, they're both very, very good lads, and uh, they didn't deserve it, to be honest with you, in my view, of course. The quality of your play after going down to 30 men, like, you knew you couldn't drive the ball in, and just their composure and the short pass, and I think Alan Flynn's point was just an incredible move. Yeah. After. No, we I looked like Shane. That's the way you know. That's the way we start to hurl. Like mm. we, we do play the you know play the play the ball through the lines. Um, you know, it served, it, it, that's what put us into the, the you know the, the position of being being two up. You know, um, I suppose like it was, and, and there probably was five minutes of added time. But when I saw it going up, you know, I said Jesus. Um, but it was just um, no. That's what got us back into it. So it was you know, mm. and probably tough on Alan. Like he he tried to make a, a positive play. Yeah, yeah, and you see, it didn't work out for him. No, but look, to be honest with you, he 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 got the point to put us a point up, I think, or two points up. Do you know what I mean? And the point we got, as you mentioned a minute ago, was exactly you know what didn't work out at the last play. And that's look, if you if you play that way, you play that way. And just because it doesn't work out at the end, you know, 
there's nothing you can do about it. And just in terms of, like, I know you're, you're a clear native, what would you have said to the boys inside? Uh, now sure, in you know, I, I, I just went in, obviously, to wish them the best of luck, right? Um, you know, whichever the teams won today, it's um, probably going into the final in a great position. You will be massive underdogs, which is which which, which, which is a great place to be going. Um, you know, I think today will really, um, you know, from up from the county final, even for, for any of the teams that got through, but it, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a higher, it was up another level in, in quality terms, and they'll just have to get up to another couple of percent again. You know, today won't be good enough the next day, and they know that. There's great lads over them, and they'll have prepared to, to an inch of their life for um, for today two weeks. I, I could, just spoke to how proud we were of them. Like you couldn't be bush, you know, to put in that performance down to 13 men and come within an absolute whisker of getting over the line. You couldn't be proud of them, you know. And they're devastated in there because they know they were damn close. But that sport, you know, some days it works out, some days it doesn't. You know, we were here staring down the barrel of a gun five weeks ago today when things didn't look good and we got out of jail, you know, by the last minute score. And you know, that sport. So it is. And John, when you did go down to the 13 men, I think there was 10 minutes score. You're two points down. Did you actually think that the lads would have that performance in them, that the fact I, that they got yeah, that close? Yeah, I did, because we, we've seen it from them. You know, we, we've come across a lot of adversity this year, be it the sending off in, in, in the two sendings off today in the North um, Championship. You know, we, we have gone last men before, and we've, we, we've been able to come around. It's just, it, like, funny thing is the way we play, actually, you know, it's sort of, it, 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 it can help, so it can. You know, because we're very good at carrying the ball, and we saw what happened when we did carry the ball there, and particularly coming down the home stretch, you know. Can I just ask you finally about uh, the performance of Decky McGrath today? It was brilliant, and throughout the year, just a word on him. Is he someone you could see maybe going up to the next level even? A hundred percent. Decky is an unbelievable talent, so he is, you know, and he actually, uh, he tweaked, he tweaked, um, I don't know if it was calf or a hamstring for a finish there, that's why he, he came off, but his display was exceptional. Dickie's a super player. Um, certainly one, I think, that... Um, uh, he certainly has the gears to, to go further, yeah. Kinadangan manager John Amara speaking to the assembled media in the old stand in Thurless yesterday. Ken Hogan was on duty first. How are you, Ken? How are you, Ronan? Good to talk to you, Ken. Uh, there's lots to unpack in what was a quite breathtaking finish to that semi-final. Clan Lara getting over the line by a single point. Probably best to start with the sendings off because there was a lot of noise made throughout the day and indeed after the match yesterday about those sendings off. They certainly affected the game. Um, any view on them? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, I think we spoke about this on the radio. Um, we had the luxury of looking into the TG4 monitor right beside us, um, myself and Paul Carroll. Um, we clearly saw, obviously, uh, the first incident and uh, the linesman obviously spotted it as well. And um, that's what officials are for, unfortunately, from the Kildanian aspect of it. They're at that Munster level, particularly, and in fairness, the temporary level with the referees as well, Ronan, they are mic'd up now. So if you're refereeing the game, you're, you're, you're dependent on your two officials to give you information if you don't witness it straight, forward, straight hand yourself. So um, obviously, uh, the linesman alerted the referee to what happened. So I felt that obviously you can't do that. I think it's a, it's a red card offence. The second one is less clear cut. I think in fairness to both Dan and Sean, they're really clean hurlers, lovely, you know, brilliant, uh, skillful hurlers. Now, Sean would have been coming in for a good bit of treatment during the game. Now, so I think he took a, took a bit of a blow to the back of his leg and he just uh, let back the hurley. But 
I think in a North Tipperary or even a, a, a County Tipperary situation, it probably mer- merits a yellow card. I, I, the ball kind of got away from me. It was more of a flick than a than anything yeah, else. I'm yeah, not trying to yeah, mitigate yeah. it or anything, but uh, like what the referee saw was a strike. But I, I don't know when a flick becomes a strike, but he saw what he saw and it was hard. If you're looking at it purely from the referee's yeah. perspective, not to say, well, he gave the referee a decision to make. Yeah, no one condones... Um, you know, dangerous play. And I think in fairness to Sean Hayes, that wasn't dangerous play. No, no. Or he, he didn't go out to maliciously strike an opponent or hurt an opponent. That did not happen there. I think, um, I you know, when you're up in the crow's nest, as I, I said to you before, you see a lot of things going on off the ball. You see the pulling and dragging that forwards have to endure. And Dan O'Mara and Sean Hayes would have come in for close attention. So, you know, in the spur of the moment when things happen, you know, obviously there'll be huge regrets because Kilang display yesterday was exceptional. You know, um, they were really entitled to a draw at the end of the game. We were really looking forward to a 15-a-side game in extra time. Unfortunately, that didn't happen um, because the display in the last 12 minutes with 13 men, you know, that the, the way they distributed the ball, the way they used the It was the ball, very clever, I thought. Oh, absolutely brilliant. And, and talk they, about they, players... They, they, taking yeah. almost control of the situation themselves, knowing that they couldn't pump long ball into the into the inside forward line because they were so outnumbered in there. Yeah, and it looked like they had it looked like Kiladangan had the two extra men. And that that's down to the you know, the, the belief they have in themselves, the trust they have in one the another and ah, brilliant movement. But the, we saw we saw that in the second day against Torres in the replay. They were smart enough to keep the ball away from Roland Maher. They moved the ball very well, and that's why they won the county championship. But yesterday, they will have regrets. You know, you don't like to lose two players in the heat of battle. Um, it's it's a huge, huge task. You know, um, we Declan McGrath was mentioned already there. He came off with a bit of a twinge. He had a brilliant game. He scored three points in play. But overall, the way uh, Kildangan played yesterday, particularly last ten minutes, deserved I... at least that. Yeah, uh, they deserved at least to play extra time to uh, decide who who would go through. Is the five points in a row? I think speaks of the, enormously of the character of Kiladang, and they weren't going to go quietly into the night. Uh, they they weren't prepared to accept the fate of the thirteen men had befallen them, and I think it was it was really heartening to watch those five points go over and the manner in which they did it, uh, and the courage they had to do execute that. Yeah, and also like. Uh, the way and the belief they had to do it, like there was no feeling sorry for themselves, there was no crumbling down or anything like that. The other thing about it, Joe, was obviously Clonlara, John O'Mara alluded to it there, you know, it's five five minutes extra time and it obviously ended up in over you know, almost six minutes injury time was played, but there was still a huge amount of time for a 15-man Clonlara to come back. Um, they did execute a few great scores. Of course, Class stands out in the end, and while uh, we we applaud Kiridangan's teamwork yesterday, uh, still the individual class of John Conlon stood out at the end. He won great ball, he scored a super pint, but also you look to your bench, and the bench of Clonlara contributed hugely, particularly Keane Moriarty, who came out of his feet and scored two brilliant points. You know, once he equalised a courageous effort, but um, at the end of the day, I suppose, uh, when it comes down to freshness, freshness off the bench for Clonlara as well, 
had a huge bearing on the game Ronan. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I suppose, look, people wake up in the in the parish of Kildangan today with a lot of regrets. Um, it's 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 uh, you know their sights were set on a Munster final, particularly because of their inability to compete in the Munster Championship during COVID times. And you know, being so close with thirteen men, I would imagine regret would be their overriding emotion this morning. Yeah, I would have really liked to, and you know, I'd have, I'd really like to see Kildangan going in against the the Bally Gunner as we know now. Because it would have been a free swing like for them. You know? yeah. It would they would that have been seen in line. the public perception as being a yeah, free swing. Yeah, that half back line of Willie Connors, Alan Flynn, Joe Gallagher, that axis there with Tide Tide and Dickie McGrath in the middle of the field. Like like there's no there's no better uh you know, uh, middle third of the field than what Kilidangan has. Brian Malofty scored a brilliant point at the start of the game, uh, Roland. But in scoring it he tweaked the hamstring, uh, which meant that he, he was removed straight away. That also had a huge bearing on the game because he's an opportunist forward. There was balls, you know, flying around the place that he would have probably stuck over the bear. You know, he's a big game player. And that, that was a hard-look situation for King Lang as well. I thought they fought tenaciously. They played very well. But we also have to, and John did, uh, you know, applaud Con Lara for, for, for their play as well. They had two goal chances in the first half. Great save from Barry Hogan for the first one. Out by the post for the second one, Connor would have been disappointed at half time. But in the second half, you know, Kilidangan had a you know a stranglehold of the game. Uh, Ty Gallagher came into the game as well. Uh, Paul Flynn. But overall, I think you know the play of of of, of the Gallagher's throughout the season has has had a huge bearing on on the results for 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 um, Kilidangan. And and yesterday. It almost worked again. I thought I thought that they were absolutely brilliant. The teamwork, the distribution, but above all, the way they worked. And with Canlerles going down, Ronan, with with cramp at the end, I saw no Kildangan player, and that's a tribute to their their strength and conditioning as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. And just before I let you go, um, just a general point about. Tipperary's clubs' records in the Munster Championship because it isn't great. In the last 10 years, our win rate, I think, is 20, 27%. Three wins from 11 games and two of those wins by Bursley came in the one season. Uh, you'd have to question why that is. Um, I'm just trying to... You know, we're all trying to put our finger on that. You know, um... Um, I was involved with a team myself, obviously after winning the Premier Intermediate, that didn't produce again in Munster, you know, either uh, Ronan. So I'm just trying to put put my finger on it. Obviously, a long championship season. Bally Gunner of the Bally Gunners of this world, obviously fresh, hungry, coast through Waterford hurling. You're well acquainted with that down where you live. Yeah. Um, and they had about 10 weeks off, I think, afterwards, which I thought might be a, a handicap, but it mm. proves anything but with them fellas. Yeah, Cork team tend not to be doing well, you know, recently either. Um, uh, Limerick teams, obviously, have been the strong team, Patrick, well, an odd time coming in, in Limerick, but um, there's not, there was nothing in the game yesterday. I mean, tip, we cannot take away from Kildangas this day. They represented Tipperary. Yeah, with huge pride yesterday, they were, you know, a puck of the ball away from getting extra time and circumstances dictated against them. So, um, you talk about the Burst League, you talk about the Turtle Stars, the Killer Ones, or the Killer Dangans, who have won championships in recent seasons, the Lockmores. Lockmore, very unlucky below this Valley Gunner, 
as we well know, we won't go back about that nightmare of, of, of two sending off as well. But I think, to be fair to the teams that are involved, they're not too far off at first league. Um, Kildang and Turles Darcy, Lockmore, whoever goes back in there, I think they, they are teams. They are teams of pedigree, but uh, obviously there's some little thing obviously that's not getting us over the line, and and particularly when the decisions went against us yesterday, you'd have to feel, you know, hard done by in, in a sense. So um, I know you're what you're pointing at, Ronan, but the overall club scene this year I felt was healthy enough. I thought the championship was a good championship, and the two county finals, particularly the second day, was. Absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, I think, I, I think I, you know, yeah. I know, I think I'd, I'd nearly follow up my question with another bit of analysis because you can put statistics any way you want. If you look at Tipperary's team's performances in Munster, yeah, the win ratio ain't great, but none of us are, none of our Tipperary teams are getting heavy beatings, unlike, say, some of the Cork teams have suffered in recent years. And we've been on the receiving end of a number of one or two point defeats, which had t- the sides stayed at 15 aside, I'm not so sure that those would have resulted in losses. You mentioned the Lockmore Ballygunner game and indeed yesterday as well. So it's, it, it is, you can use statistics any way you want in order to paint a picture that you preordain. And, you know, I'm not so sure that the Tipperary club scene is in any way behind what's happening in Munster because we are so competitive, albeit our win ratio ain't great. Yeah, without a doubt. And I see my neighbours here in Galway, like, obviously they have the best record in, yeah, I think, in All-Ireland Club victories and the most teams win All-Ireland Clubs. But that has to be reflected in Galway having huge success at inter-county level. Um we, I mean, we have to go at the positive. Last week, we had four Hearty Cup teams who have now qualified for the quarterfinals in Tipperary and Carrick, uh, who, who are so unfortunate not to qualify, got caught for a draw. We should have been five teams qualifying. And I, I think that bodes well for the future. So I think we have to look at the positives. And I think mm-hmm. um, yesterday, Kildangan showed what was best in Tipperary hurling from the point of view of how they reacted, you know, under pressure. And I think going forward, there is players, and you saw them yesterday in action, that can contribute hugely maybe to the Prairie's uh, campaign next year. I think Paul, not that he was putting words in John Amara's mouth, but he did mention Declan McGrath and probably Billy Seymour as well as somebody who I would imagine uh, could not but have been come to the radar of, of Liam, Liam um, as a result of their performances. Yeah, yeah, and Sean Hayes as well. Do you yeah, know, these, he's scoring. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, in fairness to the tip management, they will look at every player on on their merits. I think every player will get that opportunity. They want to pick the best players, uh, you know, to represent the county. And you know, whether it's the trials or getting another opportunity or getting uh, starting a league campaign, I think you know, every 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 stone will be turned to try and get every player involved that can contribute to Tipperary success next year. Anyway, listen, uh, lots lots more to come next time tonight. Ken, I, I don't know if this brings the curtain down on the hurling season officially, but uh, it's been a long one and a busy one for you. So my thanks for all your efforts throughout the course of the year. Anytime, Ron. God bless. Take care. That's uh, Ken Hogan joining us as he has done frequently over the course of the last number of weeks here on months indeed uh, over the course of the year here on Tip FM's Extra Time. Our text number is 083 311 One text says, you won't read this out, 
But the referee again did Tipperary, which I'm not so sure that you can actually, if you analyse the two sendings off, um, uh, I, I, it, you can certainly see the first one and I don't think there's any debate about the first one. Even though somebody says, I'm disappointed to hear comments from your two guests, the dirty stroke and hurling, which is never acceptable, is hitting the, your opponent in the private parts with the boss of the hurley. Uh, that is fair. And I don't think anyone on this show or anywhere else I've seen has in any way said that the first red card that was handed out yesterday was in any way anything other than a red card. There, You can have a discussion and a debate, which is what we're having about the second one. But again, it was technically a striking offence and to strike or intend to strike is a red card offence. So therefore, uh, and Kildangan didn't make an awful lot of it yesterday. They were disappointed with the with the uh, with the decisions, but I don't think they really seriously questioned them. Somebody else says, "Why did the Clonmel number seven not get a red card for striking the helmet?" Surely that was a lot more serious than the flick from Sean Hayes. Probably was indeed, but it, it's a case of what you, what what's seen, and if certain incidents that you see on television aren't seen by the three officials who are all mic'd up then it's very easy for us to question why wasn't that given, why wasn't that given, because if it wasn't seen, then it can't be given. Our text number is 83 We'll take a commercial break. Back with more after this. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. Oria owned Dylan Nina. Oria Stokes and Quirk Clonmel. Yeah, don't forget if you have seen any outstanding piece of sporting excellence from a Tipperary sports person over the course of the calendar month of November, we'd love to hear your nominations. Send them in to sportsstar at tipfm.com. That's in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clamel and John Quirk Jewellers in Care. Text number is 083 Interesting text coming in from one texter just uh, during the ad break. Tipperary clubs are giving away home advantage by playing in Thurless. Every hurler is familiar with Thurless. If that game yesterday was in Nina, Killadangan would have won, says that texter. It's an interesting point, particularly because you bear in mind as well the commercials next Sunday are playing Dingle, a different sport, I understand that, and they've chosen not to take that to take that game to Thurles and not play it in Clamel, there would be, I feel, a bigger crowd at that match. So what you'll gain in a better sod in Thurles, you'll lose by having a smaller attendance away from Clamel. It's just a hunch of mine, but obviously if uh, commercials win on Sunday against England, we hope they do, then obviously their decision will be the one that will be seen to be in the right vein. But uh, again... It'll be interesting to see whether or not um, a lot of the Dingle players who are inter-county players themselves will be well familiar with playing in Thurles, I'd imagine, as well. Our text number is 083-311-3311. Liam Hogan is on the line. For, uh, how are you, Liam? Good evening, Ed. How are you? Good. A uh, quick word, Liam, in relation to uh, the Ballon Hinch match, which I think you saw. St. Catharines of Cork, 217, Ballon Hinch, 11 points. Sounds very one-sided. Uh, not as one-sided as the scoreline would suggest, uh, Roland. Um and Hinch were very much in the game up to about the 43rd minute when, when they, uh, they had actually taken the lead just after half-time. Uh, they trailed by half-time by 8.7, two points just after half-time. One, a wonderful point by Brendan Ryan from out near the sideline, followed by a Carol Kelly free from out around halfway. And, uh, you know, it looked as if Brendan Hinch were just about to settle down. And then uh, Kyle Wallace took a shot for a point from about... 45 yards out and it didn't reach the height for, he wanted for a point and there had to be a power on it it bounced off in front of Dara McGrath in the, in the, in the Hinch goal the rebound fell out to Matthew Mulcahy and Mulcahy first time the ball into the net and when the second goal came about eight or nine minutes later uh, it really tore the heart out of Hinch. 
Yeah, um, I suppose goals win get matches, and that really was the sucker punch for them. But they, you know, it sounds like a really competitive first half. It was, it was actually a, a lovely game of hurling, actually. And you know, Ben Hinch with the breeze in the first half might have felt uh, unlucky to have got uh, one or two goals themselves, particularly John Foley just before half time, which 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 would have helped Ben Hinch enormously going into the half time uh, dressing room. But uh, look, it wasn't to be. Yeah, disappointing for Ballina Hinch and uh, they've had a great year. I know they didn't win the, the Junior A uh, title but they were the only team left in it at semi-final stage I think who had uh, their first team in the yeah, they, they, and, and, and similarly Roland and St. Catherine were in the same boat they lost to Aaron's, whole, Aaron's own in Cork in the, in the Cork County final and I see the team they're meeting uh, uh, Fina Kilmedia the Limerick representatives in the Munster final there are also runners up in, in their respective county finals so it's a it's a, it's a, it's a but I would think this St. Catherine's team will take a bit of beating there's a number of injuries going into the game. They were missing their captain, uh, who was away uh, as well. Uh, uh, their captain, um, uh, K- K- Connor Hegarty, and uh, the cock teams in that competition tend to do well. I see they have 13 times that championship has come back to Cork since the competition began about 20 years ago. Uh, Waterford three, Clare have won, Tip have won, and Limerick have won. Well, uh, Cork, Cork don't exactly. Sp- um, setting lights out when it comes to the senior championship so uh, no, well, yeah I suppose but look at yeah, the championship they will point, point very quickly to the junior championship it seems to seems themselves to and Kerry Kerry in the football they seem to do well in the lower grades and the muscle campaigns yeah no doubt about it let's uh, just have a quick word John Kiladangan what was the mood in the parish like this morning I would imagine regret was the overriding emotion uh, uh, deep regret uh, Ronan definitely yeah very 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 I suppose disappointed and with the way the game turned out, a game that could have well have won. Uh, they produced an incredible comeback in the last uh, 15 minutes or so, despite the fact there were two men down. Uh, and a storming, a storming performance, really. And really, when the challenge was put up to them, they really came good. And uh, it's, a, it's a great pity because th- th- this is a team that has put so much into the game of hurling down through the years. Um, and uh, they die, they live and die for hurling. And, and now they have. Uh, look at this voice when the, when the dust settles down, they will look probably re- look back and say that the county final, the county championship win was a fantastic, bit of fantastic into the year, really. And I think that they, you know, from Mike's Tuppence worth, that five points in a row, barnstorming, I think you described it as, that period, that passage play with 13 men and the cleverness of the hurling. The, mm. the tactical nouse to to adjust their style, uh, I thought that was that was quite excellent. It was excellent, and and and, and the, the the crowd really got behind them. Like it was it was a really a thrill a minute for that that, that period. It, it reminded me of the performance that Tipperary produced in the 2019 Ireland semi final when 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 after we the third you get after the third the the goal was cancelled out. And they really, really lifted the siege that that they uh, tipped it. Similarly, similarly, Kildare yesterday, and it was an awful pity uh, to, uh, to to go out the way to get to did. Getting a lot of text in in relation to a a strike on the helmet and how it resulted in a yellow. Uh, players or some texts are saying that perhaps if the player had made a meal of it, that the outcome might have been different. I mean, you can analyse the referee's performance to death, but ultimately the two reds were the two reds and maybe Clonlara just 
got the rub of the green, if you like, when it came to some of the refereeing decisions. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly yeah. We, we, look, we, we, we're, we're going to see it from the Kinderling point of view down here. And uh, I, look, at the, the first red, the, the, there was no... You couldn't say anything about, about it. It was the red and that was it. And... Uh, uh, look at uh, Delamere is not a dirty player by any means and are not, 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 any of the players on that field just uh, dirty players it's just just caught in the moment and I felt Sean Hayes' uh, card was a, a red card a bit rough perhaps he was a little bit uh, careless with the it. use of the hurley but he didn't use two hands on the hurley to swing full yeah. belt at the player and you could have seen it as a yellow if you, you yeah know, I would have seen it as a yellow day. you could have but yeah, by the same token you can't really say that it wasn't a, it wasn't a stole ball red but you could see why a red would be given for it I think is what I'm trying to say well look at the sending loss has left a sour taste really in the sense that this is the second time in two years a Tipperary club has received two year, two red cards in a mustard championship game. Uh, and, and, and like, you know, 13 players against 15, the match is gone, really. And, There's no uh, doubt about that, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's virtually the match impossible gone, really. when it's so close and, the, you know... When it's so close, yeah. Yeah. You know, there were two more yellow cards, a cards not given that could have been given, to, and it's not so great against Tunnelaria either. They were, they, they, they're a fine sporting team, and they produced a great game of hurling as well. And oh, look at! I feel when referees get into this this card business, uh, they're leaving themselves wide open to criticism. Anyway, number one, and I, I know that from my own experience, but there's a lack of consistency. Yeah, uh, I think that's uh, the thing that drives people most. Most yeah, it creeps into the game. Yeah, they do then get criticised if they don't give cards, and I would imagine you're done that, if you do, and you're done if you don't. Yeah, but their job is overseen by an assessor, and you know they want to make sure they get the the gigs as well. They don't want to fall foul of the officials. I, I you know. uh, yeah, well, these assessors uh, are sitting up in the stand, and nobody's throwing a hurling abuse at them left, right, and centre. Uh, when your player a referee is down on the ground. The players are, 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 are in his ear. Uh, the sideline from both sides are in his ear. The crowd, he can sense from the crowd, the booze or whatever, however, however they do to, to, to when he makes the decision. Well, the assessors are sitting above there, and I, I just love to give these assessors a whistle for an hour and see how and come back and talk to me then, yeah. and see how they go because it's it's very it's very unfair really. Yeah. Uh, Extremely difficult. No, no, to, no, and you know what? We are in a situation where we need more referees and. Um, it, it, you know, we all say we wouldn't swap places with them for for anything because it is such a difficult job. That said, that they, they, they are not immune from criticism either. Um, anyway, look, uh, Liam, I'm, thanks for all your efforts during the course of the year. I know that uh, you know there's a bitter taste in in Killadang and Mouths this morning, but I suppose when when they sit down to their Christmas dinner in a couple of weeks, a bit more reflection on the good days because they certainly outnumbered the bad. Certainly hope uh, uh, that we will, uh, and we have hope that we have more good days going ahead. Um, uh, that North Tipperary has done well this year in in terms of winning success. Laura uh, up there, the top Sharon Rose Camogie team, Sharon Rovers junior football team, Kieran winning the hurling. And uh, yes, probably when we do sit down for a Christmas dinner and, and the day after, we'll reflect and put on the videos and see where what we did right and what we did wrong. Shannon Rovers Camogie, I think, are out next week, are they? That's right, they're out. They're playing um, Clan, Clan, um, Clan Morris from Kerry. They're just about 10 miles the far side of Listowel. Okay. I don't know where the match is going to be played. Do you know what Geraldine Canaan's going to tell us in a few minutes? So I'll get oh, her. Oh, is she? Good, good, good. No better Jordan. woman now to, to fill no the better. gaps in our knowledge. Listen, Liam, thanks for everything. We'll talk soon.
Okay, Roland, thank Thanks you. Indeed. Liam Hogan uh, with his thoughts on the Ballon Hinch game and indeed reflections from the parish of Killadangan as well. Text number 083-311-3311. Geraldine Canan's on the line. Hi, Ger. How are you doing, Roland? I'll come to Shannon Rovers in a few minutes, but I've really got to talk about Drummond Inch's uh, dramatic display, I think, after extra time against De La Salle. It finished 113-111. to Um I mean, how do you analyse it? There was a lot of heart in that drum performance, particularly in extra time, I thought. Yeah, huge heart in it. And um, I suppose, you know, a game with two halves comes to mind. Um, the first half drum had the advantage of the win, but I think it was more just the wind. I think they uh, really came out flying out, out of the traps and uh, put in a great 15 minutes, really. Um, hit seven points in a row. I think most of them were, were, from, were from play. And the backs were just totally dominant in defence. And, you know, Dallas had no answer for them. But, um, you know, we probably left maybe a goal or two behind. But we still went in nine points, no score at the break. Um, but Dallas had then with the advantage of the wind, I suppose they slowly just chipped away and started uh, chipping away at the drum lead. And just the scores dried up for, from a drum point of view. Um, you know, the freeze started going over for Beck Harton. She kind of got her, found a bit of space. And um, suddenly it was, it was a three-point game. And... They got a goal just at the death then and then Drum responded with a point from Joanne Ryan and looked like we were going to win it. And then the other side, you know, that player again, Beck Harton, scored a 45 screen to extra time. So huge drama in the second half, especially in the last uh, 15 minutes. Eamon McGrath's goal, obviously crucial. Yeah, look, Eamon McGrath, I suppose she's the star forward for, for Drum. Uh, she's having an exceptional year. She finished with 1-8, but uh, no more important was that goal in, in extra time because... It was still deadlocked at half time of extra time. Um, it was one nine to twelve points, and you know, Emer just got a half of a chance and got past her player and just stayed going until she was in front of the goals and slotted the ball home. So it was a massive score, and you know, the the players are up when she scored really. And I suppose after that, they decided to respond to a point, and then they needed a goal, and it just didn't come. And our defence stood up tall, and and and. I suppose you could just say Drum prevailed really and they, they dug deep and found a way to win again. Yeah, I mean, they're back in the Munster final. Uh, they'll have sights set on, on bigger days ahead. Yeah, um, I suppose this will be their fifth Munster final in a row. Um, amazingly, it's the first time it's a non-clear opposition. It's Arsenal's of Cork. Um, just trying to find out a bit about them. They're a very good Cork team. Uh, they don't have any Cork senior players on it, but what they have is, you know... Uh, a wealth of underage talent. A lot of girls there that have won minor All Irelands with Cork and under sixteen All Irelands, and uh, they're kind of just coming of age now. They're maybe 17, 18, 19 and so a total different probably team than than Drum. Kind of a young, fast, lively team, and uh, uh, it'd be an interesting one. But look, I suppose when you're when you're in, when you're in your fifth uh, Munster title in a row, when you've been beaten in two All Ireland semi-finals, you do want to get back there to, again and try and push on. But they definitely can't look past uh, Stars of the Cork uh, next Sunday. Yeah, that's next Sunday. Where is that on? Uh, I'm still waiting on a venue. I, I believe uh, a lot of pitches are being are closed and we haven't heard of a venue. There's talks of Venice, maybe, possibly. Um, I usually Munster come you play a lot of games in Mallow, but there's an IGA match there, so that's out. out, out that would have been ideal, but, but sure, look, geographically yeah, so it would have been the most logical, but that doesn't... Yeah, so here in different here in different venues, but um, different nothing confirmed yet. So and the same with I, I hear Lean Top by Shannon Rovers. The same with Shannon Rovers, they're down to play on the Saturday, but still no official. Maybe in the next half hour or so, an email might come out. But as of now, there, there's no fixture, there's no venue yet for that game either. That's the semi final, I presume. No, that's a monster final. Oh. Uh, Shannon Rovers straight into a monster final. Yeah, it's on Morris Bish, uh 
Black Rock of Cork there at the weekend, so in the semi final, so a straight monster final for Shannon Rover. So, um, so it'll be a great day out for them. Um, no doubt they'll travel in numbers. Uh, Tom Morris, though, it's an unusual situation, and I think they're the only intermediate team in Kerry, so they didn't have a county championship or nothing. So, they did, they've been in the last three, I think, Junior All Ireland's, or they've won two Junior All Ireland's. So, Munster Camogie, I think, met them go up to the next grade in Munster so but they know one to play in Kerry so um but they won the best black rock at the weekend so and they've some serious players, a lot of players are on the Kerry team and things like that. So they're a good team. It's great that the season extends possibly into December for you. We wish them well uh but that game Drummond Inch against Sarsfield's next Sunday uh in a venue yet to be determined. Yeah. Geraldine thanks for everything. Appreciate it. Thanks, Roland. Not at all. That's Gerald Lincoln bringing us up to date with the Camogie. It finished Drummond Inch 113, De La Salle 111, that after extra time. We have another break to take. We'll take it and uh, lots of other sport to come right after this. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirk Clon Mel. And OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Yeah, let's turn our attention to rugby. Our Delighted to welcome again Peter Silk to the show from Cashel Rugby Club. How are you, Peter? Very good, Ronan. Very uh, good. Cashel and Nina both continue winning. Let's deal with Cashel first of all because Cashel made the trip up to Maynooth to take on Barnhall, coming away with a 24 points to 19 win. How important was the penalty try that Cashel were awarded? Well, uh, I suppose when they, they actually had touched down with the believe for a try um, under, well, just to the right of the post. Kieran Ryan, after the, the forwards had been pounding, I suppose, for three or four minutes and going through all the phases. And they actually had got in for the try, but the referee gave a penalty try. So I suppose uh, it was the, it was the same thing, really. But I think Cashel deserved it at that stage. That was in the 32nd minute. It had taken kind of uh, that long for any team to score. Uh, it was a very, very tight match, Ronan. Uh, two very good teams, uh, and both at the top end of the table, so, you know, a win, uh, depending on who won it, you know, that team would be in second position on, on Saturday evening. So I was delighted that Cashel, uh, you know, were the team. But it was it was a very well-deserved try. They had really played well up to that. Bernhall had one or two chances, but they were from penalties and they didn't capitalise on them. But, uh, you know, it was very tight up to that stage and it was still 7-0 at half time. Then Cashel went 14-0 ahead in the second half with a, a very good try again. They had to work very hard to get it. Uh, Brendan Cross uh, charging over for that one. But Barnhall were back immediately with their try. Then Cashel went 17-7 ahead. It went 17-12. Then it was 24-12 in favour of Cashel. And then with four minutes, Barnhall got their third try. So, you know, the fact was in the fire really until the very, very end. Two good teams, top quality game. And, you know, we were delighted, Ronan, to come out of it with a win. Yeah, hugely important because, as you said, Barnhall would have leapfrogged Cashel. And the win is even more made more important when you see Nina's continued well, <laughs> winning streak. You've got to try and hang on to those coattails. I, I don't know what we're going to do with Nina. It's until she comes down to us. Um, you know, they're absolutely flying at the moment. Uh, six wins, uh, a big, big win against uh, Banbridge. Big and Banbridge beat us. You know, they beat us. And, and got a winning bonus point. Now, I know it was the very first game of the season and we just didn't put our best foot forward that day. But we have to hang on to their coattails and then hope when we meet them in the back-to-back in December and early January 
that we'll hopefully put one over on them, you know. But they're they're flying at the moment, and you know, credit to them, they're a good team. They were very good last year as yeah. well. And really it. So um, six you know, tries it, it, again, it, you know. Um, you know, they're playing well, they're scoring tries from all over the place. Now, Banbridge wouldn't be the strongest team in that division. That said, no. you know, you still have to make sure that you get those bonus point home wins when they present themselves. When they're, absolutely, yeah. We had two um, home wins there now prior to playing Barnhall and we didn't get a winning bonus point, you know, and there were opportunities, but, you know, you're, you're, you'll take the win any day of the week. But, um, you know, it's great to see two Tipperary teams at the top of the division and, uh, you know, it'll be fought out to the end. There's a long, long way to go yet. Another 12 rounds. But, um, you know, if we can keep up um, the position we're in at the moment, we'd be delighted, you know. But any team is capable of turning over another team. So you have to be really on your toes the whole time. Yeah, I've you know, been building it, up this this this, this back this back to back games between Nina and Cashel because I do think that they are going to be pivotal in how that season pans out and in fairness to Nina they suffered an awful lot of disappointment last year you think about that last minute defeat in the Munster Senior Cup that last minute That's promotion right. and look at how, how much Blackrock have gone on since they got yeah, out of jail Black against Nina That's right That's right So they were, they were within a few minutes of going up last year and you know they have learned obviously from that as well and I'm sure they've strengthened their squad I haven't seen them play but you know the results speak for yeah. themselves and Who, like Who's need, next for Cash? play very well you need to play very well to put 39 points on any team, yeah, you know. Yeah. In this, in a competitive division. Uh, who's next for Cashel? Uh, we have a free weekend next weekend and then we have Navin here in Cashel on the 2nd of December. Okay. We're then away to Old Crescent and then the, the big one on the 16th of December when Nina come to town. Okay. So that, that's, that's the schedule for the next month, Uh Ronan. Just before we go, Division 2C, there was a win for Clonmel on the road to Balna. Now, I know neither of us saw this, but a way win is so, so pivotal. Absolutely. Well, it's a real bonus. You know, you'd be expected to do well in your home matches, but uh, to get an away win is, is a real bonus. And, you know, Clonmel struggled there for a little while and they lost one or two matches, uh, but they've won the last two now, which pushed them up into fifth position. And, uh, you know, I, I'm delighted to see it because. You know, they work hard in that club as well and they're two good special men coaching them. So I was like wondering when you enjoy well. that conclusion. <laughs> and actually, their, their physio is my physio at the moment. So he's his work cut out for him, in other words. He's his work cut out for him. <laughs> yes, God knows he has. Yeah, but he has no, I think as well, those wins are really important in terms of just easing yourself away from the bottom so you don't get nervy. Well, this is it. When you, We had a season there a few years ago when... We lost our first four or five matches. And, you know, you really struggle for the rest of the season because you're trying to avoid relegation. And as you say, you're very, very nervy. And, um, you know, it takes a bit of time for the confidence to pick up. And, you know, when you push yourself up the table, then, you know, you can go for it a little bit more. So, you know, I think Conmel will be fine. You know, they have two good wins under their belt. Uh, I think Balanair will, will struggle a bit. Um, you know, so... Yeah, credit to them They're, they've walked their way back into it and it's good to see it just before I let you go Kilfeekland District this is ju- dipping into junior rugby but bear with me they won an All-Ireland Junior Cup quarter-final against Dromore um, 36 points to 24 they're back in the semi-final of that competition which is a 32-county competition 
I th- memory serves they won this a couple of years ago by winning that national title. A hugely prestigious thing for a junior club to compete in and win. And they're back in a the semi-final. And you and I are long enough in the two to know you wouldn't back against Kilfiegel when they get a, a sniff of a cup. No, you're never back against Kilfiegel. They're a strong club, uh, doing very well in the league. Um, and now this uh, quarter-final win at the weekend, which is, is huge. But that is a very prestigious competition. It's... Um, Relatively you know, new, but but the fact that it's paid on a 32-county basis, I think, adds it to its prestige. Well, it's an All-Ireland title, and, um, you know, it's it's similar to winning an All-Ireland League division, or, yes. you know, there's the Bateman Cup for the senior clubs. So it is basically the Bateman Cup for junior clubs. You know, very prestigious, and, um, you know, credit to them. They won it a few years ago and won it well, and, as you say, I wouldn't back against them. They're They're going well, going well in the league, so... They have everything going for them at the moment. No doubt about it. Peter, thanks indeed for your time. Very good, Ronald. Thank fly. you. Thanks indeed. Peter Silk from Cashel Rugby Club with his view on Tipperary Rugby Clubs in senior and junior. Um, in the Junior Challenge Cup, by the way, Turles had a win over Clannacilty while Clan William were beaten by Richmond. Barry uh, Ryan is on the line to talk football for the remainder of the show. How are you, Barry? Hi, you're on it. Lots to talk about, Barry. No, not least the fact that uh, there was just one Munster Junior Cup match that had to be tidied up, for want of a better term. Peak Villa overcoming Care Park 4-1. An expected result. Yeah, look, an expected result. Um, and again, I suppose, you know, when you're expected, I suppose, to win these games, sometimes, you know, it can be difficult. But at the moment, Peak Villa and St. Michael's really going about their business very clinically. The games are over very quickly. They're getting early goals. Um, and you know Care are a decent side this season and you know I've made things difficult for a lot of teams but very comprehensive win from Peak Villa 4-1 um, right from the get-go just taking the game to Care, getting early goals and you know very much just going about their business quite well Yeah and they're, you know it's important for them to be staying competitive in that competition as they get out of the the area in the months in the FAI Junior Cup third round Celtic and Cashel what looks like a good game 3-2 it finished to Celtic but Cashel Town brought plenty yeah, they did. Um, and look, it was kind of interesting. Celtic have a lot of firepower. Guys like Philip Drohan, um, you know, who's had a little bit of League of Ireland and stuff playing up front for them, and he always seems to pop up with a goal. Um, and Darren Sweeney as well. But Celtic were 3-0 up in five changes. And all of a sudden, that very nearly came back to bite them. And Cashel came back and stayed going and got a couple of goals themselves later on. It's a little bit of maybe a bit of complacency for Celtic. And sometimes, you know, when you empty the bench, you need to make sure the lads coming on um, are going to drive it forward and that didn't seem to be the case and all of a sudden um, Cash will maybe give them a little bit of a scare Yeah and I, I, I suppose it speaks volumes to the way Cashel are set up and how they play that you know 3-0 down they still co- stayed competitive and stayed at it Yeah look, I was in TFCL I, I never remember an easy game against Cashel home or away um, they're a side that stay going and they're a side that always have a goal in them as well so um, it didn't surprise me to see that it was a high-scoring game. I think it was just a man. You know, when when Cashel got those two goals back, I'd say it was a nervy last five or ten minutes. Yeah, no, it probably was. Um, there was only one game in the Premier League, and that was St. Michael's and Tipperary Town squaring off in the Tipperary Derby. And St. Michael's five nails, another clean sheet, lots of goals. Same conversation yeah, we're lot- having every week. Yeah, same. Yeah, this is the big difference in them this season. They're absolutely banging in goals. And what was interesting is, you know, they rotated a little bit and respiring came in and got a couple of goals. So, I mean, kind of the point I make in Recom Celtic, when you give lads a chance to come in, you hope that maybe they take it. And 
Um, a lot of the same Michael Spears have probably pushed each other for game time now. So I'd say the likes of Reese Byron saw that as a big opportunity of getting minutes. To, I need to take make it, take advantage of it. And with Reese Regan out, particularly at the moment as well, so he's stating his claim as well with a couple of goals there for Reese Byron. So I'm sure St. Michael's would be pleased with that to have that kind of selection problem. But I suppose the one thing that someone mentioned to me over the weekend, and I thought it's maybe a valid point. And St. Michael's going to benefit from all these games that they're winning so comfortably. Is there going to be a tough fixture coming along from one of the Limerick teams or in the FEI with Tremor or wherever it might be? Are they not getting the games they need in South Tip at the moment? Well, they played Peak Villa and that was a draw, I think. Yeah, you're going back two and a half months ago to the very start of the season for that game. Um, you know, is the TSDL league going to be decided this year on just Peak Villa against St. Michael's home and away? Are they just going to get max points yes, everywhere is. else? Yeah, uh, is that a good situation though? I don't know, is it? I know, but I I think that there was a lot of hope in Clamwell Town that they would run those two close, but things just hasn't worked out. Uh, they had a good start to the season, but things unraveled for them. So you know, it, I I think it's too late for Town to mount a league challenge now, but they may well take points off one or two of those teams. Yeah, look, I hope that 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 proves to be the case. I mean, get some competitive games. It just feels like every week we're bouncing into Peak Villa five nil, St Michael's five nil. You know, where it's down through the years, your Thomas Celtics, your Cares, your Banchas, your Two Mile Burris in the Derby against Peak Villa, you know, there was a lot more competitive games. St. Michael's playing Tipperary Town. Uh, I remember in the first season up the Premier when Baca was manager of Tipperary Town. Um, so, you know, and it was a huge Derby game and stuff. So this season just seems to be a little bit, um, you know, of the two of them just so far ahead of everybody else. And I just wonder going into big games, like you're like St. Michael's were so glad they'd say that game last week. Um, Against Ferrybank. Yeah, I'm going to ask you one question away from TSEL before I let you go. Andrew Moran, who's a Blackburn Rovers player, is denied playing a competitive game for the Ireland under-21s tomorrow night against Italy because he's been called up to play in the senior squad in a friendly against New Zealand. In 30 seconds, is that a good thing? No, I think it was the wrong call. Uh, If he comes on the other night for 20 minutes over in Amsterdam, it's absolutely senior setup. Um, you know you're promoting them and ultimately every player in the 21 is to, the job is to get them into the senior setup. but to deprive them of playing an, an important qualifier the other night to not use them at all a set up at the moment that nobody seems to know exactly where we're going or, or what's happening I, I thought it was and it seems we've lost Barry Ryan just as he I think you got the gist of what he was going to say in relation to that decision that's all we've got time for I'm afraid so apologies for Barry's line dropping at the end